it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. Uh, you're not feeling that well tonight, Mike. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, how long have uh, you been sick a little bit? Uh, 24 hours, but this is uh, I'm on the, the other side of the mountain, and this is probably the elixir I needed uh, <laughs> to get back into uh, into uh, you know the flow of things. But um, yeah, I'm, I was... Uh, you know, kind of having some some fever dreams and mm. uh, throughout the day, and and um, this probably will be the weirdest of them all. <laughs> well, that's what we strive for here at Weird Islanders Podcast to make it a fever dream for Islanders fans only. Uh, and uh, this is the first, uh, I think, Hall of Famer that we have on tap uh, in our series. Although I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he he is. And uh, to do that, we have a guest who is basically uh, an Islanders uh, podcast hall of famer. His show hockey night in New York has been around for a very, very long time. I've done it many times myself. You, you no doubt have, have seen his work and uh, he's a great guy and I'm uh, happy to finally welcome him onto one of my shows. His name is Sean Cuthbert. Sean, what's going on? Hey fellas. Uh, great to be here. Thanks a lot for having me on. Really appreciate it. Mikey. Uh, sorry to hear you're not feeling too well, man. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm all good. 
Now though, this is this is going to be a, a lot of fun. <laughs> I can't, uh, it's, I, I, and you humble me with the uh, the very very nice introduction. Oh, I appreciate well, it, Dan. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you ha- so how long has Hockey Night been going on? Because I mean, I was on it when it was a radio show, and now you're on Twitch. Like it, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah, it's it's it has, and it's taken many different shapes and forms. Yes. Uh, started it with Tony Stabile. If uh, memory serves, I think we started the thirteen fourteen season. Wow. So uh, we're, we're, we're going on a long time now. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's a year before Mike and I, cause we started in, in 2015. Uh, oh, wow. After, yeah. After they, they left the Coliseum the first time. So, um, yeah. And you've had uh, now you, your co-hosts are Stefan Rosner and Chris Bada. And, um, you, you've had almost more co-hosts than Barzell has had line mates this season. Like, yeah. I figure in like two or three years, I'll have you guys, uh, doing some shows <laughs> with me too. I'm just basically going around the, the long Island, yeah. uh, <laughs> of, uh, Islander chatter. So be ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world, uh, Islanders world. Um, how is the, uh, but now you're on Twitch. How has that gone? Adding that sort of visual element. You have the, the beautiful studio too. I'm very jealous whenever it looks very good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, we started that a couple of years ago. Uh, Christian and I actually, after um, Tony, uh, Tony and I parted ways and Christian came on, we said, Hey, let's, let's mix things up a little bit. Let's do something new. And, you know, I'm a, I, I used to be a gamer. Right? It's hard for me to claim that anymore because I just don't have the time for it anymore. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I was kind of keeping tabs on that whole community and I saw Twitch was coming around and I saw that it did the live streaming and everything. And I was like, and I really, for whatever strange reason, I've always prided myself on doing live shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I can do that on Twitch. Right. So uh, we brought it over there and uh, we started doing that. And, you know, it's it's been building and growing. And uh, now we got the studio, like you mentioned, a great place in Rockwell Center called Floor Media. Great guy. Jay runs that place. And uh, it's been great so far, and uh, the response has been awesome. So just uh, just happy to be yeah. still doing it. Happiest people are still watching and listening, you know. Oh yeah, no, I watch all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you're in uh, you're in uh, Leboff's hood of Rockville Center. So is that right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, born and raised. Oh, we'll I have to uh, Baldwin now. Oh, how about that? We'll have to get one at uh, Churchill's or Croc Crocs one of these days. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one of my favorite Islander kind of moments to kind of just show how small potatoes this team was <laughs> was at croxley's um it was they, they used to do like a hockey night on thursday nights um and the islanders had beat there was the thomas hickey overtime goal against the canadians oh, Montreal? yeah yeah um oh wow and it was a hockey night promotion uh and the fact that i i had to fight tooth and nail just to get the islanders on on a screen because you know everyone else was wanted, wanted to watch the Rangers or something, and that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, we it was me and like six other friends who who were Islander fans too, and uh, it the I think it's one of the biggest differences between the team then and now is like I it's, when you asked somebody to put an Islander game on at a bar, no matter where it was, mm-hmm. whether it was on Long Island in, in the heart of what should be Islander country, or if it was in you know chicago or whatever they would just look at you like what right. are you what are you talking about <laughs> why do you hate that, yourself so is much? that a lacrosse is that a lacrosse team like we i don't think right. we get that the channel. are they are, do they even play on on the tv do they show those games right. on tv but now it's yeah now you drive by uh you know that you drive down park avenue or rockwell center and you'll see like the islander games through the windows and stuff it's like it's just that is a new development um so it, it kind of shows what winning winning 
when success does for for yeah. fan base. We had a great partnership with RJ Daniels over the last season or two, and uh, they were hosting a lot of Islander viewing parties with us there, and it was a great time. So it's just nice to see blue and orange popping up a little bit locally. You're right. It's uh, it's yeah. come a little bit of a ways here, and, and I think the younger generations of fans have, have really embraced the team, and it's, it's a lot of fun to see. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, we're going to talk about an era when the Islanders was decidedly uncool. They were just about the uncoolest team uh, in the NHL and uh, were made even less cool by the uh, trading of these two players that we're going to talk about. So let's get to the first one now. And so, Sean Cuthbert, will you please reveal the first of tonight's Weird Islanders, the podcast subjects? The first of tonight's subjects, and, and you might be able to tie in the second one based on this guy, but it is none other than Hall of Famer, as you put it, Roberto Luongo. I think we um, all know that name pretty well, right? I think so, yeah. What else can you say? Uh, like, just starting already. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, the, it's so, f- with, with Luongo, it's, it's it, all, all you think about is w- what could have been if the Islanders didn't have a sociopath steering the ship uh, when, when, when he was, uh, you know, coming up and coming. And yeah. so I, I think, you know, we say this a lot on, on the podcast that, a lot of times we do weird Islanders from when we do it from this era, uh, from the Mike Milbury era. It's you know we're, we're doing Luongo and someone else, and then, but really, the 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 person that looms large over this episode will end up being Mike Milbury, and and just like everything yeah. that and and the guys that he you know traded for, uh, traded Luongo for the what Luongo became like just it, it you you just look at him you're just like. If you had, if he had just was able to take a step back and 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 not do what he did, mm. where you know would they be showing games, uh, you know, on on the <laughs> right. at bars in 2013 and stuff? Well, the Islanders have been a a completely different story. Of course, um, we also wouldn't have had cult heroes like Ole Kavasha and, and Mark Parrish. <laughs> so you got to wonder, like, Gosh. what 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 would you have rathered the the right. success that Luongo ended up bringing? Uh, his teams or having Ole Kavasha and Mark Parrish. And I think it's <laughs> the whole plan was laid out for him. He had the right. goalies already. All he I had know. to do was just take the consensus pick one yeah. or two. He had two great choices. It's, and he said, it, no, my ego it, is the size of the sun. I got to do something else. He, I've said it. My, I've said two things many times. One, this is the worst trade in Islanders history. And we'll outline it for those of you who don't already know. But, you know, a lot of people would throw out the Yash and Chara trade. But my thing is, like, the Islanders needed a first-line first center. They got one. Yeah, fine. It cost them Chara. It also obviously cost them Jason Spezza. But, like, it, had Yashin not gotten hurt in his second year, probably would have been a lot more productive. And he was a first-line center. They hadn't had one in many years. Trading Roberto Luongo... To use that to then draft Rick DiPietro is like the unforced error of all unforced errors. Like you said, you have the guy. You have the guy. Like, what are you doing? And Mike just couldn't bear to know that a guy, a kid, a cocky goalie from Boston was who could handle the, the puck well. Yes, who right. He was right. Yeah, he was a puck <laughs> How many goalie. points is that gonna get you in the standings? Yeah. Couldn't he couldn't handle him being out there and him not playing for the island. You know, and it's just, and he ended up going early. He spent only one year at at BU, and then that was it. But we got ahead of ourselves, so let's let's start with because, <laughs> as, as Mike and I always say, like everything revolves around Rick somehow. Like he's sort of the center of this Islanders yeah. universe here, as much as Milbury is. Obviously, uh, everything comes back to Rick. But we'll get to Rick in a second. So let's start with Luongo. So he was 
at the time he was drafted first round, fourth overall, 1997, the highest drafted goalie of all time uh, at that time in the NHL. And because he had the background, he was playing for Val Dior in the Quebec Major Junior League, which is not normally a, a league associated with goalies. Usually this is where like all the guys do all the scoring, Bossy, LaFontaine, uh, Lemieux, all those guys. But he was the one good goalie in the history of the Quebec Major Junior League. And the Islanders took him uh, fourth overall. They also took Eric Brewer, I believe, at scene. And, um, you know, that was, again, this was a time when, you know, you're coming out of this kind of doldrums era and people were like, yep, that's about the right pick. Like nobody made a big stink about it. They got the goalie and they got him and that was it. That was all they needed to do. So Sean, where it was, when was the first time you sort of became aware of Roberto Luongo goalie prospect you know because for me it was like when they drafted him it was like a big deal so we're i mean were you there right at that time too yeah it was the same for me and you know not much has changed since then in the sense of you know having a pulse on you know what's going on in the the junior leagues and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's just never something i spent too much time in but you know i also though as an islander fan back then when uh, you're getting ready to have a high pick in the draft because that was just the uh, the norm at the time maybe you, you look at the uh you know, the rankings back then, whoever was doing who was doing them at the time, THN, TSN, and maybe you start to formulate a little bit of an idea and, and say, okay, this guy might look good. This guy might look good. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I learned about Luongo pretty much right in the beginning, but I loved everything that I heard. And Islander fans being as, you know, in-depth involved with the team as they are, which I think is great, um, which is why fans groan so much when, when this... Uh, this draft weekend came and, and Luongo was traded because it was like, what the hell are you doing? We already got the guy. We don't need to, we don't need to move him out for another guy. We're good. And he, and he already has an, a year of development under his belt. What, why are right. you starting over here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But was- uh, yeah, no, I learned about him too the same way. And, and, and I was excited about it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as we learned over the years, uh, don't get too excited about a player being on the Island. Milbury's in charge, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, one one thing that's funny about those the Luongo draft is it kind of set these expectations that uh, it's the Islanders kept having like two picks in the f- top ten. I mean, they had one yeah. with the Rick draft too, and and I just thought that was the norm. You know, the Islanders draft Luongo <laughs> and Brewer back to back because I was like, oh yeah, no, wait, other teams don't do this too, and yeah. uh, obviously the Sedine thing happened too. Yeah. Um, so like, I just thought this was like kind of the norm. And now, man, if you if you uh, now, to, if you get two picks like in the top ten in in an NHL draft, like you can basically buy a country like with that kind of <laughs> assets. But um, yeah, you, you, I think it's it when you put Luongo and and DiPietro next to each other, starting with the draft, uh, you you can already see where this is going because, like you said, Dan, it was it was a pick that I think everybody was into. Uh, yeah, like, the Islanders already had kind of. Um, they had like Eric Fischer at the time and like, they just needed a, a goalie to build around. And so the, you get the goalie, you get the, who should be a number one defenseman. <laughs> Eric Brewer, by the way, uh, has, has also not long for the organization either. Um, <laughs> right. And so you do that. It's you're like, Oh man, this is starting to make sense. You, you're building from the back, <laughs> you know, next, next couple drafts, you could do it. And then, yeah, like you, we've been saying the guy just couldn't, he just couldn't yeah. sit still. He could, no. he, he had to let, and, and this comes down to, you know, Milbury is, is at fault for basically all this, but it also comes down to the fact that there was just nobody, there's no adult in the room to say, Jesus right. Christ, Mike, like you're, you're, you, you, we're already the laughing stock, like yeah. of the league. And, and it's no, it's not going to stop if you do something like this. And, 
Mm. Uh, there's a one percent chance that this trade works, and maybe Luongo, you know, doesn't <laughs> reach his promise, and and Di Pietro, um, you know, becomes a better goalie. And it, but the ninety nine percent of the people are saying, no, this is, you know, yeah. not <laughs> not a good idea. Maybe we should start listening to those people. So they were like, the um, the Islanders have have not had this kind of maybe goes back to that same point earlier that you know in, in my lifetime the islanders and and god love charles wong uh but like the islanders never really had i guess what you would call uh you know tr- a, a pragmatic ownership maybe yeah. is the best way to put it mm-hmm. and and if they had had some at this time yeah and somebody could could tell mike you know call mike milbury the milbury into their office and say you're you're gonna do what um and say right. no, no no don't right. do that let's just let's just draft you know marion gabrick or, or or danny heatley or something instead yeah. those seem like pretty good options yeah well they, they had two six that pick like one were they one and five and they got dpho and, and it's just and like raffi torres it's just like crazy. you like you guys said i mean one of the biggest unforced errors in the history yeah. of unforced errors i mean you could have just you know put a robot in the room and hit start you know and right. just said okay just go by the list <laughs> you know what i mean and it have been fine it's like when you do, uh, if you've ever done like a Yahoo Fantasy Sports League and you just yes, have an auto draft on, they yes. just give you the next that best guy on the list. Job. Like, yeah. it's, it's, oh, that's all he had right. to do. But I mean, like you guys said, he just couldn't get it out of his own way. And, and it's funny because, like, you look back on all the insane things that happened with him being the general manager and the trades that he made. And not to make this a discussion about Milbury, but, you know, there were some things you, you cut him slack on when he was essentially forced to because of salary, like when Gluckstern was running the show and stuff like right. that, when they were literally trying to cut money out, you yeah. know, and, and, and you can't really blame Milbury for that, some of that stuff. But this is something that's completely on him. He, he literally sat down, said to himself, yes, this is the best idea. This is what I should do. Right. I should unload Roberto Luongo for Rick DiPietro because <laughs> reasons. And like, I still don't know what those reasons are. But there's that famous clip of like uh, Mad Dog Russo asking Mike, how do you still have a job? Like this was yes. like in 2004 or right. whatever it was. And the answer is just exactly what Mike said. Like there was no owner to be like, wait, hold on. I don't think that's right. a good idea. And obviously there was no like brain trust or whatever to tell him. No, so it just yeah, he did this I, stuff, you know. I guess nobody was whispering in Wong's ear saying, like, hey, look, I respect Mike, he's got the job and stuff, right. but you may want to rethink this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and I like that he, he always and one thing I remember about the, the DPHO draft is Milbury spent kind of that whole year on like a barnstorming tour, it felt like mm. talking this guy up to kind of defend what he did. And it was mm. always coming back to his personality and his his like confidence and arrogance or whatever and he and was like, self-aware too he called himself <laughs> mad mike like he he basically yeah. in those in, in the articles i read leading right. up to this like he basically acknowledged the fact that what he's do, what he was doing was probably loopy and he just did it anyway yeah basically and, and like luongo has kind of proven like he's got a, a, a really good person like fun personality too like i don't know yeah. like right. i don't know how you could you could justify that like yeah what you, you you mean this guy who's like the the darling of of mm. the hockey kind of watching <laughs> yeah. world and rick who's who's like mm. you know just an absolute maniac that's uh, actually a great point because you know we all might have understood a little bit more if it came out that like he had an attitude problem right or right. if he was cancerous in the locker room or something no it yeah. turns out he's a darling everybody yeah. loves him <laughs> <laughs> but loves 
Just well, so another reason to keep him around. <laughs> well, so that's a good segue. So let's talk about what Luongo actually did as an Islander. So he spent a couple of years, more years in junior, ended up playing a couple of world championships. He went to the medal game one year with Team Canada, uh, but lost to, to Russia. He put on like a heroic performance and, and won best goalie for that year. He was still unsigned at this time. So eventually they did sign him. And uh, and I thought, too, maybe there was some kind of signing issue or whatever. But he eventually did sign with the Islanders, and he played in the 99-2000 season. Uh, and he, it's funny because, like, we, there are guys who feel like they played more as an Islander um, or somehow less. So, like, we've Mike and I have talked about Daniel Chara. Like, it doesn't seem like he played, like, whatever it was, 300 games with the Islanders. But he did. Like, he just because he, he didn't feel like he was here for that yeah. long. With Luongo, it might have seemed like he played more, but he literally only played that one season. 24 games, 7 wins, 14 losses, 1 tie. But he did have one shutout <laughs> that I was hoping was on YouTube, but it was not. And so, you know, this was a bad team. This was coached by by Butch Goring. They had, yeah. like, no, you know, this was, this was the Marius Tchaikovsky era. Like, when this guy, he was the best <laughs> player on the team. And so, but everybody hadn't understood that they were rebuilding. They didn't have much of an ownership issue. They didn't pay have a lot of high payroll. But even with at a record of 7, 14, and 1, people could see that this dude had a lot of talent. You took his junior career, and you took this career, yeah. and you could see that stuff was going on. So, like, I mean, Sean, do you remember watching him in his early days as an Islander and, like, coming away with that impression? You know, to a degree, the, the memory isn't so good these days. Right, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I always ask these questions, you know, and I never know what to, what to expect. I certainly, <laughs> I certainly didn't have any sort of feeling of, man, I'm not sure if this guy's going to pan out. You right. know, I mean, it was more just the team was awful. Yeah. He's not winning a lot of games, but he looks good, you know, in spurts. Mm. He's making some big saves and stuff. And, and you know, I just trusted, you know, the the minds that, that were talking big on him and saying this guy's going to be good, you know, and, and I was excited about him, but you know, I'm sure we all knew back then that they had to build something around him and they needed to build a team and, and it was exciting, but you know, look, I knew enough where it was just as baffling for me as it was for all you guys when, when he got dealt away, you know? Right. Uh, I, I remember him in, in uh, more of just like how he looked than how he played. Like I remember mm -hmm. his, his mask and, and that was the year, like the Islanders had, or, or I guess the second year that they went back to those, or went to those navy blue uh, yeah. jerseys. And right. Luongo to me is it that that jersey. Uh, like if you look, if you're a, a fan of a different team, like if you're like a San Jose Sharks fan, and you typed in <laughs> Roberto Luongo Islanders, <laughs> and you saw that picture, you'd just be like, this is this is, is this like one of those like AI right. generated <laughs> images or something? Because this just doesn't look correct i don't think that this actually happened um i mean i wish it didn't but it did um and it like that that team itself too was just we've talked about like mercenary teams that the 05 06 and then into 06 07 and um this this team i mean i don't even really know how to describe this one because like you said it's it's the marius Tchaikovsky, like he had 30 something goals that season um, and then, uh, you know, Claude Lapointe turned into like a, a decent scorer, uh, mm. as, even though he's a known as a, like a checking line center in his career. Mm. Um, and then the rest of the, the group is like not of the era of the Islanders, like acquiring um, veterans like like a Kirk Muller or Ted um, Trevor Linden or those kind of guys, but like 
also rands who were like wait this team wants me to continue my career here like all right like i guess i'll just play for a season on the sure, island like it's jamie, jamie <laughs> right. rivers was on this team like it's yeah. just it's yeah. just a, it's a very bizarre group of, of players um and n- nothing of dallas aikens actually i think there's two like dallas aikens was on this team and then danny lacroix who is mm. an islander's assistant wow coach. like this is like a team of just not names because they're not even names like they're names if you're you're us like you're you're or listening to this show you're you're like islander hockey freaks um <laughs> because otherwise you'd just be like I, i've heard of very few of these people and yeah. the one guy that i do know uh, the most is luongo and and that kind of speaks volumes about where where this is at right now well mike it's funny you talk about his look and it kind of just ushered back some memories and i think if I remember right, he wore his, what was it, the Lowell Lock Monsters mask for a while? Like, yeah. I feel like there was a, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but there was a good stretch of time. It, lo- it looks like he's wearing a Panthers mask. Yeah, it just uh, wearing an Islander mask. His Islander yeah. stuff, right? His Islander yeah. gear. Like, and, and, and then I don't remember if he just got an ugly mask after that or he kept wearing it, but I just remember his mask never matching <laughs> his Islander gear, yeah. and it just looked bizarre to me. It did. Uh, and it just, it, he, it was very, like, the pads were kind of weird. Like they, I think they were also maybe Lowell or somebody else. Like they were always kind of like and a weighed darker. thirty pounds heavier than they do. Yeah, now. right. <laughs> uh, you know, he was like a gangly kid. Like he was in his early twenties. He had the long hair, um, and he was just different. Like he was an Italian guy. His, I think his dad's Italian. His mom's Irish. He's from Montreal. He speaks French. He speaks Italian. He speaks English, and uh, he was just this kind of like he, he felt like a guy who you wanted to be around i remember uh you know he, he, one of he's got two brothers one of them was named fabio which is like <laughs> that's awesome you know like you just you wanted to be around this guy and you wanted him to be that guy that you would go having going forward and I, I mean i remember watching him play and i mean i came away with the same impression you did sean like yeah i mean he's this team stinks but like maybe this guy's right. pretty good i don't know we can't really right. can't really put any of this on him you know there were nights like he, you know, they beat, they played the Penguins and they got their asses handed to them. <laughs> and uh, I forget what the final score was, but Yarmir Yager had seven points against them. And this was right. the one video I could find in YouTube. Yager with the Penguins. Christine, he gets his third goal, the hat trick, his seventh point, a new personal record. And Yarmir Yager is having a night of nights here tonight in Pittsburgh. What a game for the Penguins captain. And the Penguins sustained pressure. The Islanders are absolutely dead tired on their feet. They're standing still, and Yager has plenty of energy. We talk about his stamina all the time. He just weaves his way through a crowd and fires that real quick wrist shot. Five hole, Roberto Luongo. Look at Luongo. He's. Well, it's a night he will remember. There's no question about that. And I can tell you this he'll be back, and he will be, uh, I think, a, a. Pretty darn good goaltender in the National Hockey League, but with, with all the good things that come in playing this game, there are some things that uh, are adversity, and you face it, and you move on. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting choice. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was it. That was all that was there. Uh, this was obviously before television was invented, so it's, uh, you know, <laughs> right. but uh, it's, um, th- that was it. And, like, there were a lot of nights like that where they just had no, they had nothing. No, and especially against, like, a Yager or... You know, uh, whoever that was going on at the time, Ronick or any of these other Beret, these guys had no no hope in hell, Luongo or no Luongo. But that being said, again, it was teams like that, and I mean, even the modern Islanders have kind of had that too. Where like sometimes it's so bad, it's fun. 
Like, because there's no expectations. There's just like, watch these guys play. And sure, Claude, the point is a second line center when he really should be a fourth line center. Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. Who cares? Like, it's just, you know, we're just hoping that something emerges from this era to guide them into the next era. But in the cases as we've been talking about this whole time, Luongo never had that chance because right. he makes his debut in, the, in 1999. And on the fateful day of June 24th, 2000, he is traded to Florida with Ole Jokinen, who is definitely going to be an episode of this show at some point later. Uh, he's traded to the Panthers for, as Mike mentioned before, Ole Kavasha and Mark Parrish, who who at the you know would would end up going on to be a very valuable Islander for a little while. Yeah, but man, and I remember at the time people being like, "What are they doing? Like, why would you trade this guy who was this you know he was the consensus guy? Like, he was the guy everybody agreed that." This was the guy you build the team around, but Mike Milbury had he wanted to get the first overall pick, or he had the first overall pick, I forget, and he wanted to use it on Rick DiPietro to make him the highest drafted goalie in NHL history, even though he had already taken the <laughs> previous highest drafted goalie in NHL history. And this was, I mean, like you said before, Mike, like this, you could almost trace the entire. I mean, obviously the team was not in in great in a great situation at that point, but you could almost chart the next fifteen years from this this moment, you know, where it's like this decision, which kind of ruined everything, basically. I mean, to, to say the least, I think. And oh. Apparently, uh, Milbury had his eyes on Kavasha for a long time. That was actually the prize for Mil- Milbury, even though Parrish <laughs> ended up having the better career. That word is, I'm pretty certain about this. Yeah, the word was is that he he had a he had a thing for Kavasha for a while. So this was him kind of like reeling in the big fish that he was looking for for a while. And, uh, you know, but just looking back, I mean, Jesus, you give up, you give up Luongo and Jokinen for him and, you know, you get Parrish, of course, but I mean, just what a lopsided damn trade. I mean, it's terrible that that they traded these guys to begin with, but then for, you know, all respect in the world to Mark Parrish and and Kavasha, but I mean, just the, the lopsidedness of how that ended up is just, it just makes it so much damn worse. (laughs) Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. And the the funny thing about Jokin is that, he was involved in a terrible trade to come to the Islanders too. Like, like he, he, right. he, he had the, the distinct honor of Milbury, you know, making a, a terrible trade for him to come here, trading Ziggy Palfi. Well, that was uh, like one of those Gluckstern trades. That right, was the yeah, fourth exactly. end when, when he was going to go to the Rangers and they had to, right. they had to nix it. And then they sent yeah. him to LA. Yeah. And then he comes. Yeah. So, so he comes in in, a, in, in, in a bad trade, leaves in a bad trade, goes on to have a, decent career as a as a number two center i mean yeah man you just like as we keep saying you just wonder about how if if he just didn't do this right. what the islanders <laughs> would look like in the, that early 2000s because they end up getting a good coach mm. in in laviolette like they started to do the right things kind of around the edges i mean right. even like you said even with the, the yashin trade like you can you can pick the bones of that trade as much as you want and, and hindsight is 2020 but i mean he got alexei freaking yashin in that trade. So like that's a yeah. that's a yeah. really good player that, that the trade is, got. is nearly as bad as this. No, because, not yeah. Even. And and so you're wondering like okay, so he's doing you know, he does stuff like that if if Luongo is I mean and they end up getting Chris Osgood, so you know, they have have the goalie, right. but like if Luongo's around, like that team probably has some serious sustained success like right. into the into uh after that that lockout year, but um mm. Yeah, could you imagine a Longo and Osgood pairing? Like, Stop. 
I just thought that. I don't know why I just thought about that this. Right How about yeah. this? If that happens, Garth Snow's never signed either. That's right. also does, true. Exactly. Well, he actually, doesn't... no, no, because they signed Garth before they knew they were going to even be able to get Osgood. Right. Right. Osgood, Osgood yeah. Osgood was a total bonus. Like they were going into that year thinking Snow was going to be the starter. Right. Yep. And then start, uh, Snow got the rug pulled out from under him when Osgood ended up on waivers. Right. But the point kind of stands still, though. If they, if they didn't trade Luongo, like, there just wouldn't be a need. Or, I mean, you know, maybe Snow comes in as a backup goalie for Luongo. But, sure. you know, just thinks that this, now we're talking, like, sliding doors. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if, if, if not. Like, he just isn't. So the Islanders would go from, you know, Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury might still be the GM of this team if if you know David po- David Poyle's been in in Nashville since nine since this trade basically right right, right. they came in ninety eight the the Predators and he's been there forever so um yeah it's uh we t- we keep talking about like like people are talking about the Bo Horvat trade being this like franchise altering move and it's a big trade and and when I remember when Thomas Vanek was traded for everyone was like that's a franchise altering trade and um that's just kind of like the the tagline that people just always put on you know sure. trades that of that size yeah. but this one truly was i mean it it right. you you not only trade away one of the best goalies of his generation and then bring in um it, an absolute you know lightning rod in in rick mm. and and you know we i think you know dan and i've talked about how we're, at one point it's eventually we're going to do a kind of like a deep dive series on on rick and it's wow. so hard to like do it but in, in one episode, but you bring in this guy, Rick, who's takes, he, he you know, he takes the franchise over kind of like he becomes the face right. of the franchise. And it's, he's like the type of guy that you just like, man, I don't, I don't know how, how this happened. And I, I don't really feel like I trust him at all because <laughs> there were moments, there were moments where he was brilliant. And then there were just moments where you're like, what on earth mm. are you doing out there, Rick? I, I mean, where are you? You're not even close yeah. to the net right now, right? He, like he definitely had some do too much syndrome, you know, yes, where he, yes, he felt yeah. like he had to, you know, kind of be the hero, and mm. you know, he ends up three miles outside of his crease, and <laughs> and 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 I mean, look, one of his big injuries was his own fault. I always end up talking about this because I guess it's just burned into my brain over what could have been with that Ted Nolan season, mm. but. They were doing pretty well there, and then yeah. he uh, goes. I'll always, I'll always remember this. But he was going for a puck that was just coming down. It was like a dump in. It was just coming inside the blue line. I think it was Steve Bajan and the Canadians. Bajan, he just comes yeah. and he goes in and he crashes right into him. He gets a concussion. That's when Dunham takes over. They plummet in the standings and they barely make it. You guys know the rest of the story. Yeah. But yeah, just a, a a guy who you know. In all fairness to him, he would have had a good career if he if he could stay off the inj- the injury sure. list. And you know, some things he, he were out of out of his control, and some things unfortunately weren't. He signed, he signed a 15 year contract and and sure that's did. like the seventh or eighth thing that we talk about when we get to him. Like we're talking about franchise <laughs> right. authoring trades. Like, right, like right. he, this guy signed a 15, the Islanders are still paying him a million and a half dollars through this decade. Uh, and that <laughs> is all nice. because the, uh, yeah. the Milbury traded away right. a, a bona fide blue chip goaltending prospect. I don't know when this episode is going to run, but we're recording it the day before the all-star skills competition. And I don't know about you guys, but I cannot hear or watch this event ever again, thanks to Rick DiPietro and his performance <laughs> in the skills competition and marrying Gabrick and him being mic'd up and going over to the bench and saying, I think I messed up my knee. And that was it. That, that ruined Thomas. this event for me forever. forever. Yeah, he, he, he like tagged in Tim Thomas and, and I, yeah. I will never forget that because he was mic'd up and 
Right. The, the, the NHL is so careful about these guys when they're mic'd up, but they let that one slip. Like, the, like <laughs> all right, let's see. And he repeated himself, I think. He's like, yeah, I dinged up my yeah. hip or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, Tim, he's like, Timmy, you got to go in. I up my hip. I, and then, yeah. and the, and it just looked like a conversation between two goalies. So like, yeah. all right, like, uh, let's go see, uh, you know, it was all right. in or, or versus at the time. Like, let's go see right. what Rick and, you know, Rick is such a, a colorful character. Let's go see mm. what he has to say to Tim <laughs> Thomas. And they're like, oh, all right. Right. <laughs> Whoops. And that was it. He was yep. missed most of the rest of the season, and that just started all the problems from there. And uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all because of that. But it's funny because so yes, Rick, Rick was also a colorful guy. You know, I I could totally see why they had him mic'd up. But and you guys yes. alluded to this before, like we didn't know that Luongo was equally as colorful. And <laughs> and in, in fairness, he didn't really let this out until he was towards the end of his playing career. We'll get to sure. that. We'll recap that really quickly in a second. But like, so I'm looking at the draft story, the trade story here from the New York Times. And like, so Milbury, another colorful guy, he, you know, they ask him like, what are you doing? And he's like, as dangerous as this may be, maybe Mad Mike has something going for him. This is there the general is. manager of a national hockey team right. saying that, which is completely insane. Um, and he's saying, I, I, I'm hanging, uh, we're hanging a lot of reputation on this kid, meaning Rick, it's gutsy, maybe sure. crazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dude. He was he wasn't one wrong. That's for sure. And then he says, "This is the worst part, though. We're really wrenched over the loss of Luongo. He's a quality kid and a quality goalie. Mike, you're the guy who traded him. Like, what? what if he was so wrenched, why did he just hold on? To him? You could so have somebody. Vancouver came, uh, you know, in the dead of night and stole him away from us. Exactly, <laughs> you dude. Know? You didn't have to take Rick. Reflect like, you could have let him. Yeah, you could have just let him. Let Rick go someplace else. You didn't have to do any of this. It's it's completely bonkers. But now that's uh, the other yeah. the other kind of like sliding doors moment. Where would Rick go? You know, like imagine yeah, yeah. Rick DiPietro, especially in his prime, playing for another team like Atlanta, Minnesota. It hurts my, Probably, it hurts my yeah. head to think about Maybe. him. Yeah, in those in those kind of. Although he might have yeah. gone like five six, he he, may, yeah. he probably wouldn't have even gone two three. That's another probably thing too. Not. Like he, yeah. he he drafted him higher than he was even ranked, which is just like just right. across the board. Just so many yeah. terrible dominoes of decisions. <laughs> There's there Chicago had picks ten and eleven in that two thousand draft, so maybe they would have used one and they took two nobodies, Mikhail uh, yeah, Yakubov and Pavel Vaboriev. Uh, and you know what's <laughs> so funny though, though, now that you bring this up, one of those teams probably was like fully prepped for yeah, Rick T. Pietro, sure. right? Like we're taking Rick, we're right. gonna get our goalie, and then Milbray steps up and he dra- and they're like, "What the hell is going on here?" Right? <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I, I probably, but so yeah, so that that was it. And again, re- recalibrated and and re- you know that that from that moment on, sliding doors, the multiverse, whatever you want to call it, the Islanders' <laughs> fortune were totally different um but then you know and we'll just recap real quick so luongo obviously becomes a, a huge star in florida those teams aren't any good either but after a couple of years he becomes obviously the, their best possible player and uh he ends up getting traded to vancouver and leads them they, they were a, a juggernaut back then which is kind of crazy to think you know now considering that they've been a circus for most of this season um yeah. leads them to the cup finals Game seven of one of the better cup finals we've seen in a long time ends up getting traded back to Florida because by his own words, my contract sucks, <laughs> which again gets to like the whole, you know, he was kind of outed on Twitter as having this kind of secret Twitter account trombone one. Uh, and right. but from that point on, he became just a very funny, you know, meta, uh, very self-deprecating guy. And he's, you know, one of the few 
NHL players that's really worth a follow because he's very funny. And again, he, he calls himself out and, you know, makes a makes his mistakes funny. And after, you know, a thousand and forty four games, four hundred and eighty nine wins, three hundred and ninety two losses, one hundred and twenty four ties, seventy seven shutouts, he just got elected to the Hall of Fame in twenty twenty two. And the Islanders gave him away for two okay winning wingers. <laughs> like that's really what it goes great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never won a Vezina though, which I it was I thought was kind of surprising, but yeah, uh, a little insane. But here's where the story gets even more insane. And here's where we get to weird Islander number two for this episode, because June 24th, 2000, obviously is a big day. Islanders trade Roberto Luongo. This will live in infamy, blah, blah, blah. But he was not the only goalie traded by the Islanders on June 24th, 2000. Of course so, not. No, of course not. Well, because why, why would they only trade one? So Sean Cuthbert, will you please reveal the second of tonight's Weird Islanders, the podcast subjects? Yes, uh, with, with great pleasure. None other than Mr. Kevin Beeks, uh, who we thought was going to be part of the, uh, the dual young tandem with Roberto Luongo, <laughs> Kevin Weeks, and, and sure enough, the two of them are, are dealt on the same day. And, and I believe Kevin Weeks went first, because here's, here's a funny nugget, too, in one of those articles that, that you shared with us was I was reading, uh, what was it, the article of uh, which, wherever, uh, v- Vancouver, where he ended up going, right? right? And whoever wrote that article up was saying, you know, you, you thought that, uh, that maybe DiPietro and Luongo could be uh, a tandem together. And then it ended mm-hmm. up being that, uh, you know, thinking that they were going to keep Luongo. So, I got, yeah, so Weeks went first. And so this guy uh, wrote his piece thinking that, you know, they were just going to draft him and have him together. And little did that guy know <laughs> that Luongo was going to be dealt too. But, but there you have it. Kevin Weeks, the, uh, the second weird Islander tonight. Yeah. It, it is. And yeah, I don't think a lot of, I certainly didn't remember this until you and I started talking about this. I was like, Oh my God, they were traded in the same, the same day before, yeah, you know, just... before that 2000 draft. It's crazy. Uh, Kevin Weeks, another sliding doors <laughs> moment because if he just didn't get hurt, when yeah. he was playing for the Rangers, and so we wouldn't have to dealt with Henrik freaking Lundqvist. You know, he, 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 you know, he goes in. I, I, it's, it's, it's. I guess it's, it's petty to say, but you know, Kevin Weeks obviously is becoming a star, and, and right. like he's a, you know, all over the place now. And uh, but I get mad basically the first second I ever see him, I get mad. Uh, no matter what, like, I'm just like, God, screw this guy. Like he had to get hurt. <laughs> um, he was supposed to be the starter for that Rangers team. They weren't supposed to be very right. good coming out of the lockout. Like they were like, they were like a fringe team and weeks gets hurt. You're like, oh yeah, this team is not going to be good because he was like yeah. the Rangers, uh, drew blood. So and it happened right away, right out of the lockout. Uh, I think it was like the first game after, after hockey came back for the Rangers and yeah, weeks gets hurt. Comes out, it comes, uh, in comes Henrik Lundqvist, and um, all of a sudden, Kevin Weeks becomes you know the affable backup to one of the best goalies yeah. ever. And, and the Rangers have now had Henrik Lundqvist, uh, they had him for what 15 years, whatever it was, mm. 13 seasons, and he just handed their keys over to uh, Igor Shesterkin. So, it this is all Kevin Weeks's fault, uh, which is <laughs> something that. <laughs> Like I, I, I do get mad thinking like every time he comes on because of this, because uh, I blame him because, you know, we, so many people talk about, you know, stability in in uh, in goal. And like you know, there was that whole weird kind of, you know, people galaxy braining and wearing mm-hmm. tinfoil hats at the island issue trade Ilya Sorokin a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was. And um, the, the thing is, like, if you have a goalie like like Sorokin or what Lundqvist was, what that does is it buys you time to find another one, his, his heir apparent. 
Uh, so the fact that the Rangers didn't have to worry about a goalie for what 15 years meant, oh no, we can just wait and we can wait and once we'll, we'll one will come into you know in the doors at some point sure. and and that, and that guy, yeah, and that guy will be our our guy and and so um and once again, like I said, it goes back to one injury, you know, f- mm. from from a journeyman goalie uh and and then he became you know like like you said the drew bledsoe kind of uh spirit and, and for the guy, rangers I, I say this very tongue-in-cheek and listeners don't understand why i say this in, in, a, in a couple of minutes but was that injury even real yeah right. <laughs> oh all right so so there's our there's our beautiful segue so so let's go back two weeks real quick so again drafted second round by florida he was drafted in 1993 so he was actually drafted well before Luongo, I also didn't realize that either. Um, was traded, played a little bit for the Panthers, but was traded to Vancouver in the Pavel Bure trade, uh, which was a huge deal for the Panthers to get Pavel Bure. And then um, a year later, so he was traded to Vancouver in January of '99. December of '99, he was traded to the Islanders uh, with Bill Muckhalt and Dave Scatcher, who would go on to be a big part of the team going forward as well. Uh, for Felix Potvan. And I have some uh, Islanders game time articles here that I worked on when I was an intern for the Islanders. And at one point, Luongo talks about him teaming with Felix and how he was excited to work with Felix, another French-Canadian goalie. Well, he wasn't, Felix wasn't around that long. And then Luongo was traded (laughs) shortly after that. Um, But you might be wondering, wait a minute, how come he was, how come Weeks was only a Canuck for, you know, 12 months, 11 months well, that's what Sean is talking about here. So uh, his time in Vancouver uh, did not go well. Uh, there were some incidents, <laughs> like at one point he pulled himself out of a game saying he was hurt. Uh, the team, Mark Crawford was a coach at the time, didn't believe him. They sent him for x-rays. They came back negative, I think. And he was like, no, I'm hurt. And they're like, yeah, no, you're not hurt. And so this was like, you know, they thought he his commitment to the team was was wavering. And then... There was an incident. He was late to practice one time. He came in. He said, I got carjacked. You know, I, I, I got hurt. I was, you know, this guy stole my car, blah, blah. Nobody, again, nobody believed him. Uh, he went to, he got yelled at by Crawford a couple of times. He goes to talk to Brian Burke. Burke is like, well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. And then apparently, according to the story here, Mark Messier was the captain at the time. And he went to Brian Burke and said, if you don't trade this guy, I'm going to kill him with a couple of F-bombs thrown in there. So shortly after that, Kevin Weeks is an Islander. And for 36 <laughs> games, he played. He went, he was the starter for the most part. Uh, same season, 99, 2000, him and Luongo. Weeks won more games. He went 10, 20, and 4. And also had one shutout. So, again, like, the team stunk. There wasn't any, you know, there wasn't a lot of help in front of them. But, I mean, for these two guys to kind of, you know, put together 17 wins <laughs> in the face of that uh, was pretty impressive. Uh, so, Sean, what do you remember about, Weeks getting traded. This one kind of was a blur to me because I remember it happened, but then the Luongo thing kind of superseded it. But I mean, do you remember that that trade at all? Dan, it's it's hard for my brain to try to remember anything <laughs> just because of this Kevin Weeks story. It was just so wild and insane. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, and I just want to reiterate that for everybody. Like, he he didn't show up for a game. The, the team was going crazy trying to figure out where he was. He ends up showing later, whatever it is. And he gives the story that, not that he was carjacked, but he said a guy... He was confronted by a guy, asked him if he was Kevin Weeks, and then he said, follow me. So the guy gets into his own car, and this is, this is from, the word, from the mouth of Kevin Weeks. This is the story that he told the Vancouver Canucks. And, he's, and he said, he gets into his car, I get into my car, and I followed this guy to some remote location, wherever it is. And then they get out of the car, and the guy's like, give me your money. 
And then I guess he, he gave it to him. So right. he said I was robbed. And that was the reason why. So like, it's just, it's such a bizarre, crazy story. And it's like, yeah. was that really true? Did that really yeah. happen? And let me just say, I love Kevin Weeks. I, mm-hmm. I think he does a phenomenal job covering the NHL. Um, you know, so full marks to him for that. But just like hearing the story was just absolutely bizarre. And, and I, I think you just got to chalk it up to, uh, to a young kid. Uh, maybe they, they even speculated this in the article about it, that uh, maybe he was just trying to, uh, you know, he was a little embarrassed about, you know, oversleeping over his alarm or something like that. And, you know, I, I started to sidetrack on that, but like, I just felt like it deserved more. No, it's more an insane story. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's just so wild. But, um, but like similar to, to, to reel it back in, you know, similar to Luongo, um, you know, I, I, there's no way I could sit here and be like, oh, I remember this four to two game against the Sabres where, you know, weeks he put up 45 saves. Like, I, absolutely not. But, you know, similarly, you know, I just kind of was listening and reading what was going on back then. And it sounded like he had promise. And when you had the two of them together, you're like, OK, you got a nice little young tandem here. You know, maybe no veteran to to kind of uh, show him the way. But, um, you know, maybe these guys can kind of, you know, grow together and turn into something and, and that gets blown up. But. You know, I was happy to have weeks here, too. And, and, and not only for that, but, you know, it was probably the first, you know, black pr- player of prominence on the Islanders. Right. And I thought that was awesome, too. We're kind of just, you know, bringing a little more diversity to the New York Islanders in a sport that, you know, is, is, is so damn white, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of excited about that. I thought that was awesome. And um, and then again, just the utter shock of, of not only one young promising goalie, but then two getting dealt off in the same damn day was just absolutely insane. In the game time article I have here with Kevin Weeks and a big story on him. Yeah, even back then, even as a, as a young Islander, he was working with the, uh, the um, NHL's diversity task force and with Hockey in Harlem. So like, yeah, that was that was a big deal. Like it was cool. Also, I think the Islanders are probably the only team in NHL history to have a tandem of goalies who wore number one and number 80. Yeah. Like that was kind of a very rare thing yeah. back then. So I was like, about to say, we, we talked about the looks of, of Luongo, like in his, in his equipment. And then Weeks is just, you know, he's a Jackson Pollock painting, basically. He's got the, <laughs> the number 80 crazy yeah. pads and, uh, you know, a very strange kind of helmet as yeah. well. Uh, it was a weak just... season for masks for the Islanders. That yeah, year. definitely. Definitely. Because <laughs> they had um, Felix Potvin too, like who had a trademark mask that yeah. year. So like right. just the looks were all over the place in, on that team. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, it seemed like, again, you know, these guys could be a tandem going forward. And like this, they seem to have two quality young goalies. I mean, when, when, now listen, any NHL, you don't have to be Mitch Korn to know that when you go into a NHL season with two goalies who are like under 25, you're really tempting fate here, right? Like this is very mm-hmm. rarely, are you going to be that successful? But it did seem like these two guys had a ton of potential. But uh, again, we get back to June 24th, 2000, when uh, Weeks is traded again, as you pointed out before Luongo was even traded, traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, with a second round pick who turned into uh, a player named Matthew Spiller and Christian Kudrock, who was a defenseman taken in the first round a couple of years earlier. Uh, if I remember correctly, a friend of mine at the time told me that uh, Kudrock was so raw he could barely skate which is exactly what you want in your first first round picks at the time. Uh, but uh, they got sent for a first round pick. Uh, they got sent to Tampa Bay for their first round pick, which the Islanders then used on former uh, Weird Islanders, the podcast subject, Rafi Torres. So check out that episode from last year. Uh, and a couple other guys, uh, another fourth rounder and a seventh rounder. Ryan Caldwell was the seventh rounder. That name is familiar. I feel like he... Well, he yeah. Yeah. well we talked about him um, on an episode. Oh. Uh, yeah, he played one game for the Islanders, I believe. There you go. All right. Uh, well, future. What a game was, it was. And, yeah, yeah he, he, he was uh, 
that oh oh five oh six team, like the Kevin Colley team. All right, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We t- we just spoke about it. Um, there you go. But well, he got uh, here from the uh, Kevin Weeks trade, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, look at that. And <laughs> and just re- just one more thing about Weeks's <laughs> equipment and, and a weird Islander to, to talk about, I guess, <laughs> is um he had these pads that had the I didn't know this, but I'm, I Google image to to pull up his equipment. He has pads where he had the lighthouse on the pads, like the Islanders lighthouse. They're, right. It's like a big one. Remember those? And yeah. In, in the picture, it's John Sim celebrating a goal uh, <laughs> against Kevin. Wow. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. It has to be. Oh, oh, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm looking at this week's picture right here. And actually the story again, it talks about how uh, you know, he's from Toronto. His parents are from Barbados and uh, his first Jersey that he owned was an Islanders Jersey. So they talked about how like his huh. Ryan Pollock has the same story. Like, Oh yeah, he played for the Islanders, oh, yeah. Islanders Jersey. And here he is. Uh, but again, weeks, his time only lasted 36 games, which is crazy. And then after playing for Tampa Bay for a couple of years, he was signed with the Rangers. He ended up signing with the devils. He ended up playing for Carolina for a little bit. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. He was traded by from Tampa Bay to Carolina signed with the Rangers signed with the devils. And now he's like, Mr. Hockey Insider, which is really crazy. And uh, and the fact that the last trade deadline had an ESPN panel with both Weeks and DiPietro yeah. on it uh, was wow. really, really kind of hard to watch. Like, no no offense to those two guys, but it was just like, right, man, right. this is, this is <laughs> Made you twitch much. a little? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking to to Bot on, on, on one of the shows, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, whatever it was. We kind of started talking about goalies. DiPietro came up and... And we, oh, we did like a rapid fire, like name, like, you know, you know, as many goalies as you can in 30 seconds. (laughs) I think it was after Rick DiPietro, Mm -hmm. but it just spurned an idea, like an an awesome episode would just be doing the family tree of goaltenders, probably starting with that weekend, maybe even a little before that. But like, Mm -hmm. think about it. Like, how long did it take for the Islanders to stabilize their goaltending from like that point in time to... You know, Soderstrom, well, that was beforehand, but the, I guess you start back then, right? Like Salo, Soderstrom, going yeah. all the way up to like Rollison and, and uh, Marty Biron, like all those guys. Like it feels like they had 8,000 goalies <laughs> within like a 10-year span. And I right. think it would just be a lot of fun to go from one to the other. It's, it's wild how many guys they had until they finally landed on a couple, you know, more recently, I guess, within the last 10 years or so. Right. Well, yeah, that was Yarrow Halak, where it's like as much yeah, as Halak... Grace, yeah. Yeah, as much as those two guys, I mean, Grice was very steady for a goalie, but as much as Halak could just check out in the middle of a game every once in a while, he was still the steadiest goalie the Islanders had had yeah. basically since, you know, like the Glenn Healy era. Like, it was just <laughs> right. a little crazy. It's, it's wild. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's all Mike's fault. Yep. 100%. It definitely, it definitely does start with Mike Milbury. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and And reading all the articles... You know, and, and any sort of like, you know, it's funny. I, I was like, who were the goalies for 2000, 2001? Because I was like, Rick didn't start yet then. You know, he, no, he, yeah, he wasn't ready to shine, even though even though Mike thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, Van Beesbrook and Chris Terraria is like, oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> you know, and Rick got a couple of games, but, you right. know, he wasn't he wasn't ready for prime time yeah. yet. But like, mm. I mean, just what a carousel. And, and yeah, I mean, just mm-hmm. like Mike Milbury, just I mean, how many bullet holes are in that guy's foot from himself? I know. You know? <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> The least and Luongo accounts for the biggest one. That's the big toe right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, didn't need to do this. So, uh, yeah. So that's it. I mean, we could sit here all night, sure, and go into the whole thing. But I feel like we've we've covered this insanity. And I mean, if you were not an Islanders fan at that time, you know, this is one of those times where like you always you always hear about like oh what what 
um, what incident that happened before social media would have like set, you know, social media on fire or like Twitter would have been a crazy place. This has to be there. Like if the Islanders had made these three moves, trading weeks, trading weeks would have been crazy enough as it is. All right. I guess they get a first round pick. Well, what are you going to do? Trading the Wongo. Wait, what are you guys doing right now? Taking Di Pietro. (laughs) Oh my God. This would, I mean, Twitter would have melted down. Like I can't even, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, good, good for the Islanders and Mike Milbury for for not having social media back then because it would have been an absolute. Yeah. I hope you don't uh, mind my language yeah. here. Shit show. No, no, uh, it's, it's <laughs> no other way to describe it. Crazy. <laughs> well, Sean, this has been uh, a ton of fun, and uh, again, it's been great having you on on one of our programs uh, for for once. Because uh, again, I've been a fan for a long time. I've been listening for, and, and now watching for a while too. So, uh, so tell us the schedule for. Hockey Night New York. You guys record on Sundays, right? And then uh, uh, it goes live. It goes uh, Twitch. It's a, it's live on Twitch, and then it goes to like YouTube, and then there's a podcast version, right? Yes. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, we typically record Sunday nights at eight o'clock, live from Florida Media and Rockville Center. So you can check us out live at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And if you want to watch us after that, you, you can just find us uh, Hockey Night New York on YouTube. And if you want to listen, we're everywhere. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. I mean, if you haven't yet, A, I would be very surprised. And B, uh, you should do that right now. Is <laughs> go listen because uh, uh, they're always very informative. You guys, go, it's a long form show, you know, so there's a lot, a lot of space covered. You guys got great guests. You just had Adrian Coin on, uh, which. Yeah, uh, he was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was great. Uh, so uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but go back and listen to the Adrian Coin episode because it was really good. And then watch whatever was the last episode, too. Uh, and where can everybody find you on Twitter? You can find me at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY. There you go. Make sure to do that. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final words on the great Luongo Weeks disaster of June 24th, 2000? <laughs> it was you know, a series of, of disasters that led, <laughs> yeah, led us to, to Rick DiPietro era and, and Henrik Lundqvist era. So, wow. Good Lord. Um, I had no idea that there was that Lundqvist connection. So yeah, you've made this yeah. now even worse. So there you go. Thank I you. know. It's <laughs> terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> That's about it. That's all you can Well, Dan, oh, before you guys sign off, just wanted to uh, say it was an absolute pleasure being on with you guys. You guys do a great job over at Lighthouse, and I'm um, looking forward to finding out where you guys end up landing because I know everybody's trying to, you know, waiting to hear where that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys do a great job. It was a pleasure having you on last week, Dan, and, uh, mm. and a lot of fun tonight. So thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was on Sean's show uh, on uh, January 30th. And then the next day, the Islanders traded for Bo Horvat. So if another trade happens, <laughs> it's our fault, clearly. Tomorrow, they're getting Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that happens. Listen to this and then go back there and, and see how that happened. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we came on. Um, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Follow Sean at Shawnee Hockey. Follow uh, Hockey Night New York uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with another episode of Weird Islanders, a podcast very shortly. Thank you very much for listening. And until we talk to you again, keep the Islanders weird. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.